Welcome to Sleepy Hollow. Hello and welcome back to episode 4 of Welcome to Sleepy Hollow podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm joined by Abby. Hello. Hello. So just before we start, some contact information. If you want to contact us by email, you can contact us at welcome to sleepy hollow at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at WTSH podcast and our Tumblr is welcome to sleepy with the number two, not the word. Abby, it's been a while. It's been like forever. <laughs> it's been too long. I, I can't deal with these hiatuses. And speaking of hiatuses, in our news, we get a winter hiatus. Oh, yeah. Um. So Sleepy Hollow's going to run through to December. The last day that they've officially announced is like November 25th, I think. It's the Monday after Thanksgiving. Um, And we don't know. That's obviously it's November sleeps. And then there'll be one more episode that we don't know the air date of yet. I'm assuming it's the first week in December. And then we break again for the holidays. And then the remaining three episodes of Sleepy Hollow's 13-episode season <laughs> um, will air in January. And I'm struggling with this because, first of all, that's not why you do 13-episode seasons. You do 13-episode seasons so you can run them consecutively and avoid, like, ratings drops. Yeah. This is why you do them. Two, (laughs) this show started in September. It was the first show to premiere on broadcast television. I don't understand how it's ending in January. And the reason they were like, they were like, they needed more production time. And then they were like, baseball. And the production time thing will change. Mm-hmm. Because they'll get, they'll start earlier shooting. You know, I mean, I understand that. They didn't even know if they were going to, you know, get backordered episodes for this final season. So I, I com- that's something that I completely understand. But the having to deal with the baseball thing and, and, this, and just ending in January, like, it's 13 episodes. How did this happen? I don't, it's infuriating. And, like, as a ratings nerd, it makes me very very angry because Sleepy Hollow is a genre show um, and shows like Sleepy Hollow don't do well with hiatuses at all and people are like well it has a second season I'm like I don't care about season 2 I care about 7 years of tribulation that's what I care about <laughs> 7 years so if I don't get 7 years I'm going to be really angry because you know what we started out really really ahead of the game we were doing bomb and then you threw in hiatuses that were totally unnecessary like <laughs> so if I don't get my 7 years I'm going to be very mad at Fox like I'll blame this completely and utterly on Fox it'll be all Fox's fault <laughs> uh, d- uh, side note your video has suddenly appeared <gasps> oh whoa <laughs> let me go back I <laughs> just like I was like does she know wait, her video has no, suddenly appeared <laughs> wait okay <laughs> oh my god Sarah what do I do no no it's okay it's gone now I was just no because I know from <laughs> doing podcasts before that video significantly reduces audio quality it's not that I don't want to see your face <laughs> no I understand that but I need to understand how that happened <laughs> and how to make sure I can go back and I don't even know what I did Okay, it, oh. it, it, it's gone now. I'll, I'll stop you if it happens again. Okay. Um, okay, please do. So, yes. And being as a person in the UK and not understanding American television, I don't get hiatuses full stop, let alone winter, summer, whatever. Okay. Is there any other news in our little Sleepy Hollow fandom? Um... Oh my god, so the fandom went nuts. <laughs> I don't know okay. how entrenched... Uh, no, just entrenched you are. I'm, like, extremely entrenched, which is why I'm, like, so sensitive about them. Like, the hiatus was not good. It, it was just not... It was not good for anybody, and I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna go, like, eight months. Yeah. Like, I don't... I mean, people... It was getting ridiculous. Like, people were getting angry, people were getting, like, doing, like... it. <laughs> like weird insane awesomely insane illustrations like it was like we needed straight jackets like all of us we were not 
handling have you, it Have well. you seen the Supernatural fandom during their hiatus? They get pretty crazy too. Not to mention the Sherlock fandom. Okay, Sherlock fandom, I totally get. Yeah. I mean, you, there's so few episodes. Supernatural fandom needs to chill out. I mean, I don't I don't mean to be mean, but you they get have a nine seasons. season. You have maybe three and a half a break. Handle that? Like, come on. Like, but Sherlock, I totally, that I totally feel. <laughs> yeah. Sherlock fans, like, that's the worst. Uh so yep fandom went crazy uh anything else um i guess we're the most popular new show according to tv guide they did a little poll thing and everybody like uh readers uh submitted feedback and we beat agents of shield and dracula and if you know i picked those two a plus for you (laughs) um but um yeah, we're like we're obviously the best. We're the best. Agents of Shield that surprises me. Like it has the entire Marvel fandom behind it. Yeah, but okay, but it has massive problems. <laughs> like I was, I was rooting for Shield, and it just kind of let me down in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it does, but maybe not as as many people as we like to think. Mm-hmm. Um. They just seem really massive because it's like Marvel Avengers, you know. Like, but yeah, I'm glad that we beat them. Ha ha. Yeah, but that that sort of thing. We're popular now, but with all this screwing around with scheduling, how long are we going to be remaining? Quite so popular. Bah, Fox. Bah, humbug. Is it too early in the year for bah, humbug? No, it's the perfect time. <laughs> Any time there's a sleepy hi- hi- sleepy hollow hiatus, it's the perfect time. To be humbug. <laughs> okay, so um, let's go straight into our episode recap then. Recapping episode number six, The Sin Eater. Taking a stroll after a baseball game, Ichabod stops Katrina by Katrina's grave, only to be blow-darted and abducted. On her car ride home, Abby is contacted by Katrina, warning that Ichabod has been kidnapped and to find someone called The Sin Eater so as to find and free him. Abby recruits Jenny to help her find the senator. Meanwhile, Ichabod wakes up to find he's been abducted by the Masons, who want him to validate that he is Ichabod. When we get a flashback of the time before Ichabod switched his allegiance from the British, and the events leading up to that time, as well as his first meeting with Katrina. We also learn that Ichabod and the horsemen have been linked, and for one to die, the other does too. Abby and Jenny track down the Sin Eater, who says he's retired but helps them enough to find Ichabod, who has resigned himself to suicide for the greater good. He takes the poison, but the Sin Eater shows up just in time to break the bond between Ichabod and the horseman and to stop him from dying. Ichabod is forgiven for his sins, which turned out not to really be sins at all. And the episode ends with the Huntsman visiting Ichabod's tomb. He has returned. Ah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> To be super honest, that was the least exciting part of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to go down and I'm going to pick up some dirt. Yeah. I mean, after everything else that happened, you were kind of like, oh, yeah, there's Headless. <laughs> yeah, he's in the story, too. We had, we had yeah. been on such an emotional roller coaster, it was like, yep, I'm oh, done. This, this show, the feels, I have never, I watch a lot of TV and I get into TV but I swear to you, like, you feel eight different things, and sometimes you feel them all at once when you watch a show, and it's, this episode was just, it was like a wrecking ball. It was not good. I, I was crawling out of the room. <laughs> totally agree, and the thing is, because I'm so busy, uh, all my TV shows, I load up onto my iPad and I watch on my train, because my train journey is about 45 minutes long, perfect episode length. Do yes. not watch this episode on public transport. <laughs> Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> I was sitting tearing up going, I'm going to look like freak. I actually, the first time I watched it was not a Monday. I had, um, I watched it the Thursday before it aired. Um, so I had some time, alone time to myself, and I watched it, and I, I cried. <clears throat> I believe it was three times. And then I cry every time I rewatched it, so. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, and it, it was... There was 
lots of different points throughout. I mean, the start with at the base after the baseball and him going and visiting Katrina and the music and uh, <laughs> and then sitting across the table. Yeah, we'll, prob- we'll get into each bit separately. So, um, blah blah blah. Yeah. So the baseball game. We we heard you talk about that. That's the bit you've seen at Comic Con, yeah? Yes, it was. It was, and it was. It was still as great as it was the first time I saw it. Oh, I it. Your description did not do it justice. It I'm was. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I was. It meant I got to be pleasantly surprised at how funny he was referring to him as basket face. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Well, first of all, I didn't want to spoil anything. I yeah, don't, I don't want to do that. But I feel like there's. This is a very um. A sensory show, um, and this is a very sensory scene. And this, and, and meaning, you really have to see things, be in the moment to understand how great they are. Um, and there was a lot of emotional dynamics going on here. And Ichabod was absolutely the cutest, most adorable thing. Um, and Abby was in a position that we hadn't seen her before, which was which was nice. She was comfortable. Um, mm. and not in her work clothes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, I probably didn't do it justice, but I feel like there's a lot of things on this show that you just like, you have to watch it. Yeah. You have to be in it. And on the sort of topic of Abby being comfortable and safe watching, um, the baseball, that she touched on that whenever she was explaining to Ichabod what baseball meant to her. And my question is, is she ever going to feel safe on this show or is her being uncomfortable just going to become the normal um you know i think i think both ichabod and abby have been uncomfortable i think this was actually like the duo building episode where when you have teams like this they're often opposing um and they have to find some way to work together and then they have this experience that kind of changes them and they just accept each other for the way that they are and i very much feel like that was this episode and Abby's comfort wasn't necessarily um, a physical comfort like Ichabod's is because Ichabod is a man out of his time. Everything is very uh, physically sensory for him, but Abby, it's emotional. You know, she was a foster kid and she bounced from house to house and she lost her sister and she didn't really have a relationship with her parents and Corbin, I mean, she was, doing a legal activity and Corbin came in and was the first time really had a home in a very long time. And, and, um, Ichabod kind of worked to replace that. And I, and I think by the end of the episode that we kind of established it. Yes. Abby has finally welcomed Ichabod into her heart and, um, he's a part of her life now. And yeah, she is, she's much more comfortable with him there. Good. Well, I'm glad because they've been put through so much and they're probably going to be put through a lot more before we're finished. So, yes, uh, we got our first Abby and Katrina interaction. To be honest, I was a little underwhelmed because I th- I was expecting them to play play <laughs> it up a bit more and be all like, stay away from my husband, but find and rescue him first. But no, it wasn't any of that. It was just, he's in trouble and you've got to help him. I'm going to be mysterious. Oh, look, we're out of time. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way. And the thing is, I, I, I don't know if that's really, like like I said, being in fandom and then having canonical attachments, I never would have guessed that that would have been their first reaction. Like, I don't think that would have, that was... I don't think there's a stay away from my man vibe going on in the show. Like at all, I think that is a a fandom reaction to a um, unexpected love triangle that fandom is kind of like doing with yeah. their like the the shipping thing. But it's not like in the writing. So I, for me, I wasn't like surprised. I did think it was kind of weird though that the writers. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Katrina comes to Ichabod in his dreams when he's in bed and he's sleeping and he's safe. And they had Katrina come to Abby while she was driving. And there were a couple of people who were, like, really angry and, like, they had that, oh, Katrina's just trying to get rid of it. I'm like, okay, stop, guys. (laughs) I'm like, that's 
not what's going on. Somebody else actually I talked to on my personal Tumblr brought up that they, they thought it was more for a suspense versus character development thing. And she didn't like it. And I'm kind of with her. Like, why couldn't they have just waited until Abby pulled into her driveway and then had Katrina come to her? Like, why did she need to come to her in the middle of the road so she almost got hit by a truck? Yeah. Kind of bad timing. Because surely the main purpose of contacting Abby was to be like, you have to save Ichabod. And she's not going to do that if she gets squished by a lorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, Choose your timing better, girl. <laughs> and just before we move on from uh, the contacting vision, okay, I picked up on this the second time I watched. Katrina said that that was the house that she and Ichabod shared. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Why was there a pram and a baby crying? <laughs> you know, it's a house of echoes, right? So it's a, um, a place that I don't even either the demon built or Katrina built as a safe space for her in this purgatory. Um, there were witches four witches at a table too. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of things that were happening in this house. Like the headless, I don't understand how the headless horseman could be in that house. And then all Abby had to do was go into another room and like sh- shut it. And she was safe. Um, I, I don't know of anything that we actually saw in there, like how it's connected or related. Um, I mean, I think the baby thing, not that I wouldn't want them to have a baby, I think that would be adorable, but one, first, Ichabod was dead, so we wouldn't have been there to have a family. Two, Katrina was, like, hitting it up with the Masons. Like, she was, like, like, badass superhero in it. Like, how would she have had time to take care of a baby? Also, the baby would technically have no relevance now, because it would have grown up and died already. This this is true, but that, you know, but that and could I, be an emotional sort of tug pull. Like there was this child Ichabod never knew about, but I, I think I if they were going to go down that road, they might have made a bit more of it. It was just kind of how can we make this creepy? Oh look, child <laughs> crying. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not that I wouldn't want to see it because I I think that would be nice, but it just logically I was like okay, like how does how does this? I don't know. They got seven years. We'll work it out. <laughs> seven years, so you're predicting seven seasons? Well, mm, no. There was an interview, I can't remember with which EP it was with, um, and he talked about that, yes, obviously the, the logical step is seven years, um, one year per season, but the way that the show is pacing right now, <laughs> it would take like 26 actual seasons for us to get <laughs> to seven years um and i and i think they're gonna try and go for as long as they can fox come on we can do this we can do this um i don't think they're gonna do a new year each time um but they're gonna try and create some kind of timeline some uh yeah. but i'm given seven years i think seven years is good they're gonna try and end this period of tribulation that has been foretold uh right yes. Okay, um, then we see Jenny again. Um, has our opinion of her changed after this second encounter, or do we still feel the same? I know, I thought whenever she first um, opened the door and saw Abby, I thought they'd taken a couple of steps backwards. Hmm. I, I thought she was sort of back to her old snarky way, and she... She didn't show really much interest of helping until Abby mentioned the Sin Eater. And then she was like, yep, I'm in. Huh. I think... I think Jenny is just going to be a snarky character. I think think that's her fate, um, which means more Ichabod and Jenny, because they're fantastic together. Um, But, uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think she was very gung-ho... But I think that's because Jenny is way more experienced in this than Abby is. Um, And we saw that this episode. Jenny, oh my God, (laughs) we'll have to talk at some point about how all of the women were just the best part of this episode. But looking specifically at Jenny, um, she wasn't just the strong woman or particularly the strong black woman trope. She's really, really smart. And she's adept and probably has... 
she's kind of like 50% of Abby and 50% of Ichabod, and they're just kind of thrown together. So she's not like them combined, but mm-hmm. she's a part of them. And, and so you get this fighter, but also this like researcher, this book of knowledge. And so for her, when Abby comes to her, she's like, what does this kid want? Like, <laughs> like Abby doesn't really know what's going on. And so Jenny's, her approach to it is very, you know, it's cocky, yeah. you know? And do you really, do you really know what you're getting into, Abby? Like this could not even be an issue. And so when the Senator popped up, she was like, Oh, this is an issue. Like we're not joking. Ichabod didn't just walk to the corner and get some ice cream in and not come back. This is a legit thing. Um, that was my take on it. Hmm. Very good. Um, yes. So, uh, then we meet the Masons who have abducted our beloved Ichabod. Very, you know, harshly, just bing, <laughs> dart. Um, so I, I was very excited, uh, the, I can't remember, oh, no, I have his name here, Rutledge, the main Mason, very excited about him, because I like the actor James Fran, was, <laughs> was not expecting him to be a good guy whenever I saw the trailer, because he has that very villain-esque persona about him, mm-hmm. sort of in the suits, and so... They're kind of like the good team's Hessians. What do we think about that? You mentioned something. You did not expect them to be the good guys. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think they are the good guys. And and there are going to be people who are like, oh, no, no, no. They're like the Hessians. They are a organization. They're like S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the conversation people keep having about S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> is supposed to be the good guys, but they do a lot of really shady stuff. They're very gray area. And when you're in war, when you're at a time of war, and we are, the apocalypse is coming. We are at war. You know, the line between right and wrong, good and bad gets blurred. And so sometimes it's more about the the end than the means. Um, and I feel very much like the Masons were, you know, I mean, like they said, I believe they did kill people who pretended to be Ichabod prior to Ichabod showing up. I believe that they would have killed Ichabod if he could not have proved who he was. Um, And that is simply for their sense of their duty, what their job is. Um, I mean, even, I mean, we can talk about it maybe a little later, but Katrina's role with them and what she did and how they kind of took to that. Um, I, I, they very much, they do feel like the Hessians of the good guys, but they're, they're, they might do some stuff that we don't like, like yeah. at all. Um, I think if they discovered the only way to get rid of all this supernatural shit that be going down, if it was to nuke Sleepy Hollow, they'd push the button. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, you know, Ichabod had a choice. Um, I think they were nice to Ichabod. If Ichabod had said no... <laughs> they would have poured it down his throat. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't think you, I don't. I think they presented it as a choice. I don't think it was really a choice at all. Um, that's just kind of how they work. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be keeping an extra special eye on them. So the flashback. Lots and lots happened. Uh, talk first about Arthur Bernard. Hmm. What did we think about his incorporation into the story? I thought it was very telling. Uh, of the relationship between him and Abby that he was a person of colour just that because I saw oh it was on Tumblr somewhere someone had mentioned that after I can't remember what episode it was but after Ichabod had said that he had come from a rich family and that his father or whoever was very wealthy. Uh, someone had commented underneath, okay guys, so when does he tell Abby that his father owned X number of slaves? You probably saw that scroll across my dash. Probably. <laughs> because, um, <clears throat> I was a part of that conversation. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the, okay, it's the weird, it's the weird relationship. It's, oh, it's really hard to put into words because the show is, 
diverse, but it's also one of its main characters. Like, they literally could have had Ichabod come from any time period. And they chose to bring him into our world, into the show, as, like, a British white guy who was fighting during the Revolutionary War. And American history, world history, the world was a very different place at that time. Um, And so, (laughs) it's, it's... it's a conversation that you can't kind of ignore because it's there. Um, and But it's a weird one to have. Um, I think it's a necessary one to have. But yeah, uh, the question of... I don't, I don't know. Do you think he would have had slaves? <laughs> I, I guess I'll just... I'll let you talk it all out and then I'll just give my feelings. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I just... Well... My point for later on, I might as well get to it now, was that uh, Ichabod has a very, very understanding nature. One that maybe not would have been quite so common to find at the time that he's coming from. But uh, later on, we see that basically his commanding officer turns into a demon in front of him. So he's seen some crap in his time. So maybe that's the reason why he's, you know, because he's seen everything, nothing can surprise him again. But at the same time, he just seems so accepting of of people, of things, of of everything. And I just want to give him a really big hug and tell him how advanced he is. Yeah. You can't... Okay, so whenever I talk about Ichabod and I talk about this and kind of like him being from a different time, you know, there are people who are like, well, why do you want Ichabod to be bad? I don't. Are you kidding me? Ichabod is the most beautiful character. I mean, like, I can't... He makes me cry. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> he is... You're right. He is far beyond many people in our time now. He yeah. is a feminist character. He is... In terms of, of race, he is, like, oh my god. I, I Sometimes I just want to, like, kiss him. Because I'm like, <laughs> you're fantastic. And I just want to make out with you because you're so fantastic. Um, But it's also... It's about not erasing things. It's about not erasing history. There's actually, in terms of Arthur Bernard, there's a snippet of some review that I want to read. Um, Because I was... I got really excited when I realized that Ichabod was going to be interrogator. Um, I thought, they're going to let Ichabod be bad. And and I I don't mean that in like, oh, he's going to be the bad guy. I mean, when you look comparatively at Abby's storyline versus Ichabod, Abby was in a gray area with her decision. You know, her decision was about self-preservation, mm-hmm. but she chose herself, and it cost other people things. Um, and sometimes that's a hard decision that we have to make. But Abby made it, and it didn't necessarily make her bad. It's just maybe not always the right decision or something that, that we perceive as right. Yeah. Um, or heroic, really, is what I'm saying. And... Abby had a chance to redeem herself, you know, and be very human and grow. Um, now, this I'm there's I'm gonna drop a word in here. You have to excuse me, um, but I want to keep this to the point of what the reviewer said because it was they hit the nail on the head with it. Um, they go back in the lesser plot. Ichabod admits via flashback, ding that his great guilt sin is that when Tarleton demanded Ichabod shoot Bernard, he freed him instead. But since Tarleton shot him anyway, it didn't prevent Arthur Bernard from becoming a sacrificial magical Negro. I mean, he shouldn't feel guilty about that, but not in the way he means. I mean, I mean, he should feel guilty about that, but not in the way he means. This show does so well, so much, that whenever it drops the ball on stuff like this, same deal with the convenient shaman, uh, Seamus Duncan, it feels doubly out of place. To no one's surprise, Paris shows up at the last minute with a solution to everything. As long as you carry the sin in your heart, it allows the horseman to be tied to you. So it's also somehow Bernard's fault. Awesome. Turns out, the way to separate Ichabod from his sin is to summon Bernard from the great beyond so we can reassure Ichabod that it was totally cool that he died because it saved Ichabod's soul and helped Ichabod find his destiny. Actual conversation on a show in Anno Domini 2013. It kind of sums up my opinions about this. First of all, when the show drops a ball, it is like ten times more obvious. 
than on any other show because like I said the show does a lot of things really really well so it's not like you know it's the it's just like a black dot on a white canvas like it stands out um I was really excited that Ichabod was a torture I was excited that Arthur we got to see a black free man in the 1700s most people don't understand first of all that black men were free and they, and some of them had agency not necessarily that they were treated the same way as white men but that they they were free and there were things that that they had that other non-free blacks didn't have um which was like a hundred plus for the show doing that and going there and i was like yeah when so i was really hyped about Ichabod Sin's storyline. I was like, yeah, he's a bad guy. Oh, yeah, the, the free black man. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be everything that I want. And what it ended up being for me <laughs> was, was Ichabod never got a moment to just be the torturer or the bad guy. Because as soon as Arthur went into his shackles, Katrina was there to bring up that he had a conscience. And my problem with that is, is Ichabod's a soldier. He should know, even more so than Abby, what duty above conscience means. Soldiers understand this. Soldiers do things that they would not normally do all the time because of the situation that they were in. Um, And we didn't even have an opportunity to have any growth for Ichabod. It was almost like Ichabod was a victim of his time. He was a victim of his circumstance. Everything that he did was forced. And and for me, I was like, that can't be the first guy that Ichabod tortured. It can't be the first black man that Ichabod tortured. And so the way his his sin ended up rolling out, um, it, first of all, I think Abby's sin wiped the floor with his. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's hard for me to, and that's hard for me to say because I love the writing on this show, but I was, this is the first time I was actually really disappointed. And I was disappointed because Ichabod's, being a hero is very important to me because he he's not our traditional hero. He doesn't exhibit all the traits that a, like a hero does. Abby exhibits that more. Um, but I value Ichabod and his heroic traits. He's kind of like, you know, Bruce Banner. That, you know, it's not... He can be the Hulk, right? That makes him the, the hero. But Bruce, I love Bruce because of his compassion and his intelligence and he understands the weight of his power and, and the duty that comes along with it, even when it hurts people. Um, and Ichabod very much reminds me of this. Um, and I wanted, I really wanted an opportunity to watch Ichabod grow and become not just a good man, but a great man. And I felt a little cheated based on the storyline that we got. Um, he, Arthur Bernard did not have to be black for that to happen. And I think if you decided to incorporate a black man, you should have used it a little better. I mean, it, it was all of the elements for it to work for me were there. It just fell short. Yeah, I um, totally agree. Like, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, he... We didn't see him being bad, so he had nothing to break free from and go to this whole new level. Although I did think, like, I don't blame Arthur Bernard for the sin. I think that it was uh, Ichabod's choice to be burdened with something that was beyond his control. Yeah, that was weird too. (laughs) Yeah, but like, and it, it, because it was built up so much in the Sandman episode, it was like, your sins are not mine to forgive, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but they're not really sins because you just made them up in your own head. <laughs> you just feel really, really guilty. Um, I think the idea was that Ichabod's like, I should have stood up sooner. That's not in writing how I would have written that. It did not come across like that at all. I literally had the exact same reaction that you just had. I was like, this isn't even a sin. Like, <laughs> This is this is what he's been carrying. This is what has linked him. Oh, come on now. Like because Ichabod has such a strong sense of right and wrong and justice. 
I needed that to come from a place, you know, that it wasn't just when you have yourself committed a wrong or an injustice and you realize the impact of that, I'm telling you, people who do this and go through this are 10 times more passionate about being doing the right thing and helping people and being compassionate than people who are just innately like that. Um, I don't know. It wasn't a sin. It was, I've, I've rewritten I've rewritten it in my head and kind of like Igbot has his own story in my head and that's <laughs> the one I'm accepting as canon. Um, just because I just, I wanted more for Ichabod and it, it didn't roll out the way I wanted. The way I was expecting it to go, especially after the conversation with Katrina that she said, um, you know, indecision, not doing anything is almost as bad as doing the wrong thing. Cause this is something that I've been very focused on it. Well, not me personally, but just my, my, the pastoral care side of my teaching course it's been you know talking about bullying and stuff and that's been the point in schools is like you you just can't do nothing because that's almost as bad as letting um people you know sanctioning people to be bullied so i was expecting ichabod to hold back like his conscience to be there and fighting uh, to get out but uh for somebody else to then turn around and torture or execute Arthur in front of him because then that would have been cause for him to feel guilty. If he'd stood back and wrestled with his conscience too long and somebody else uh, because he but he didn't because he let him go and then somebody else came in but it that ah <laughs> I totally saw that coming too. I got really angry when I watched it because I was like oh they're walking out to the woods. I was like he is not going to shoot him. He is not going to shoot. I was like, oh my God, they're going to do the thing. They are going to do the thing that I can predict. <laughs> and it was hard for me. I just, I feel like, okay, secret, let me tell you. The way I've had candidate is that Ichabod and Bernard talk and have a discussion about Ichabod's fate um, and his job as a witness before they go out to the woods and they create a plan, but we don't see any of this. Obviously. Okay, so they create a plan and Ichabod shoots Bernard in the shoulder to make it seem like he dies. And the plan is to get Bernard out after that. But the demon finds out. And Ichabod has to confront the demon, but he doesn't confront him in time. And the demon ends up killing Bernard. And then Ichabod has the weight of this whole thing of maybe I should have just confronted him from the beginning versus this whole in the moment I, I think I'm going to decide to be a good guy because a pretty lady looked at me nice. And then I saw this demon thing. Oh, and the black guy told me that I have a fate. Do you know what I mean? Like I, because to me that gives Ichabod more agency. It gives him more control. It gives him more power. Yeah. Um, versus, oh, everybody's telling me I should be good. I'm just going to be good because my conscience, you know. I sort of, I, I just while we're on the topic of a pretty lady. <laughs> How do we feel about our first in, or our seeing Katrina and Ichabod's first encounters with each other? I would sum it up in one word: underwhelmed. <laughs> That's that must be really hard for you to say because you're. I mean, I'm an Ichatrina shipper too, but I'm a multi shipper, so yeah. my love spreads around. So it didn't hurt me as bad, did it? Hurt you? It 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 really hurt me. I'm I'm almost questioning my. <laughs> Katrina and Ichabod shipping at this point because it seems it seemed very insta love to me. It, it was oh, it most certainly was. Oh, <laughs> but like the bad kind. Oh, the bad kind. Okay. <laughs> oh, like you have a fate. Oh, do I? Are you involved in this fate? Maybe. Oh, let us make out with tongues. <laughs> But here's the thing, first of all, they're, like, that's, I mean, that is kind of the ideal romance of that period. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what's romanticized about that period. I, you know, as an Ikavi shipper and Ikatrina shipper, there are differences in it. And Ikavad and Katrina for me, yes, it was a very, like, macaroni um, box box of macaroni romance like you just throw in the ingredients and then you just make it and it's done five minutes later um, but 
you know, we first of all, we haven't seen all of Katrina um, and Ichabod's romance and how that develops. And I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's different. I, I do, I don't think it was as passionate as it, as it could have been. There was a lot of twinkle eyes. That was great. Um, but it, if it's supposed to be this faded romance, like I said, with their first kiss, I expected them to see each other. Their first kiss back in the dream. I expected them to see each other, to slow walk to each other, to take each other's hands, do two minute sonnets each, and then <laughs> make out. And and that's kind of how I've always envisioned their romance. And it didn't, you know, it didn't necessarily roll like that. I don't, I don't know why it's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I like the way you mentioned that this is sort of a really sort of typical sort of gooey eyes across a room twinkling eyes across a room romance because that's what you expect of that time and that's what's happening but this show has done such good things with turning tropes on their head i'm just surprised and a little disappointed that they didn't turn this trope on its head a little bit maybe they will further on down the line but i thought the ideal opportunity for them to do something different would have been to have their initial meetings very different well, to give some credit to Katrina, because Katrina was kind of bombed this episode. Like I yeah. said, I believe all of the women outshone everybody else. Um, and for me, Katrina, she was like his Eleanor. She was like Eleanor to Franklin. Do you know who I'm talking about? I feel like you're you're talking American people. Yes. <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt was is considered by history as one of our greatest presidents, but a woman who kind of turned what it meant to be a first lady on its head. Um, and was literally almost like a, like a co-president in her own right was, um, Eleanor. Um, and Eleanor actually, when you, when you learn more about them and the relationships and the decisions that Franklin made while he was in office, a lot of them were immensely impacted by Eleanor's opinions um, on race and sex, and there's even some rumors that Eleanor liked ladies. Holla! Um, so it was for me. Katrina was very. Oh my god, it was so bomb. Katrina didn't need anybody to tell her what was right. Katrina always knew what was right. And the thing that I really liked about their love that they kind of just threw in there and, and didn't really discuss much was Katrina's wrong. Um, Katrina bucked the Masons and took Igabod's body away and hid it so that they could not kill him permanently. Like, and for me, that really solidified the greatness of Katrina because she is seemingly a very soft-spoken woman. And, and the way they have set up their romance, it's supposed to be this very Austin thing. But you know what? She's not having her shit. <laughs> instead, instead of love being this thing that makes her weak, it's this thing that makes her strong. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, Katrina, be awesome. Just in terms of how women are allowed to develop. Because she, it was. It was very tropey. You know? But then they threw that bit in, and I was like, hey, I'm here for this because it's not for you to be moved that much to risk I mean the, like we talked about the Masons aren't a joke like this is like the CIA you do not go against them unless you have a death wish <laughs> and she did the love that she had for Ichabod was so strong that she literally risked her own life and I was like okay maybe it's not we're not getting it from the scenes but there's things that I'm I'm seeing that are making me go, this could be really great. I just, I don't think they, they don't spend enough time on it. I really don't, I think it's a time issue. That we just aren't seeing it. Like, literally, physically seeing it on screen. Some of the points you've just made there have kind of restored my faith. I hadn't considered those things, so well done you. <laughs> uh, one question before we leave the topic. If Katrina... If the Masons were going to kill Ichabod because he was linked to the Horseman and they wanted to kill the Horseman and Katrina saved him, thus 
saving the horseman, why is she being punished by Moloch and being kept in this purgatory? Okay, I think other people helped put her there. Okay, I like don't the think Masons. It was just that demon. Yeah, girl, if that's <laughs> how it rolls, if that is how it rolls, oh my god, Katrina just like leveled up like 10. Like leveled <laughs> up because look, she is like all these women are like these women against these systems. They're women fighting systems, all of them. And it's like and Katrina was one of them and like can we just get a scene where she's a badass witch and she's blowing people up and she's like flying in the sky? I am, I'm like desperate, desperate to see Katrina without Ichabod on her hip. I want to see her have power. Like, I, I do believe that somebody else helped put Katrina there. Or, cross your fingers, let's hope Katrina's sin is better than Ichabod's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am totally down for Katrina just walking through being, are you familiar with Buffy? Oh, girl, look, Whedon, Whedon, are you kidding? Yes. Hold okay, me. stupid question. I just want her to go all Dark Willow. Just be like, <gasps> just blowing crap up. Just being like, you hurt my man, I will screw up your life. Look, you don't put a witch in purgatory because she's nice. Yeah. Or she's not a threat. Like, there's a reason she's there. You know? Like, <laughs> will this show tell... I, look, first of all, I need to know before the 13th episode. That <laughs> yeah. is not something that you can... But, oh, we're going to address that in season two. Uh-uh. You need to address that in season one. That needs to be addressed. <sighs> right, I think we've thoroughly exhausted... Well, probably not. We could probably talk about it for hours more. But maybe we should... Let's go on to another kick-ass person, John Noble, being yeah. the the lovely Henry, well, the not slightly cre- <coughs> creepy and reserved Henry Parrish. What do we think about the Sin Eater? You go first. Hmm. Okay. I liked him. But I, I thought it was very... It took me, like, the second episode to realise his eyes went, did that whole dark out thing. Because I was mm-hmm. like, this is a very strange angle. Are his eyes doing the thing? His eyes are doing the demon thing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I thought it was very convenient, though, and it was like, oh, look, here I am. I've come to save the day like you didn't expect me to. Right. <laughs> and, but I, I thought it was a nice touch that because uh, I thought the Sin Eater was going to be a metaphorical thing and then he actually had the bread to like mop up some of the blood at the end and actually physically eat it. Which... Can we talk about that for a second? The symbolism in that? Go ahead. Okay. I, there are a lot of things that I miss on this show because I'm just not always really knowledgeable. But that was a totally religious reference. My mom grew up in hardcore Roman Catholic like family. The bread and the blood. Yeah. The body and the blood. I was like, oh my God, that's a Christ reference. <laughs> I thought that was the bomb. Like, and I was kind of freaking out. Maybe it was just because I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, how, like, there's so many little things in the show. And that was one of them that if you don't know or you aren't paying attention, you're not going to get. But I thought that was so cool that that's what, that's what Henry was doing. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was bomb. Yeah. It was like he was cleansing them the way that sort of ritual in the Christian faith sort of cleanses people. So yeah. Yeah. Very, very ritualistic. I didn't actually make that connection until you just said that, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. Okay. And, but before that, yeah, we're we're kind of jumping all over the show here, but just hang on for the ride. Um, (laughs) It was an intense episode. <laughs> so, yeah, Abby and Ichabod at the table. Lord God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the feels. Just the oh. feels. Look, I'm going to try really hard not to cry again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was so traumatized, I missed him calling her Abby. The first time. I was just 
sitting there going, this isn't happening, this is... <gasps> what? <laughs> Pro tip, that's not the first time he called her Abby. <laughs> it's not? That, I, no, it happened in the pilot. It was the first, it was the show's first continuity error. When they are standing in the hallway towards the end of the pilot, he goes, Abby, I have been called to a purpose. He's called her Abby before. Oh, no. I noticed, I noticed that it's okay. It's the, it's still beautiful. It's okay. still beautiful. Yes. It's just like a little funny like inside joke that the fandom now has. <laughs> I mean, all shows have continuity errors. They do. Yeah. The show was just, like I said, it's been so good that when it, when it <laughs> messes up, you're like, whoa, whoa. But it was, yeah. When he called her Abby and the way he said that, oh, I don't know if I want them to hug it out. Or make babies, or just, or just pretty much run the heavens. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that it's really good. Yeah, I, I was, I am not an Ikeby shipper. I am very much sort of they're gonna be badass BFFs. But whenever they were hugging it out, I was like, you know, if you two kissed right now, I'd totally be okay with it. <laughs> Oh my, oh my God! Like, and for Abby as a character, she has this conversation earlier in, in the episode where she just basically talks about, um, kind of not having people to care about, she's losing people her entire life, and so she's built up this wall that makes sure that she doesn't have to deal with that pain. Um, and and that's what was happening with Ichabod. Her wall was still up, and then she suddenly realized that. You know <laughs> that she. Oh my god, I can't even do this. She okay? Look, I'm just gonna cut it short. They like each other lots, and they care about each other lots, and they're gonna save the world together, and it's gonna be really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to like put it into. I've never, I've never seen a dynamic like this on television. It was just so beautiful. Oh my god, Tom and Nicole for all the awards. <laughs> and seeing those two, like I've seen countless interviews with them together, and just they have amazing chemistry together. The two of them, just oh, all the awards all the time, even for interviews. Can you give awards for <laughs> interviews? Because if you can, but they deserve them. We should, we should just make a board, and we should give them gold stars. Yeah. Every time we do an interview, they get into Gold Star. <laughs> I actually I actually have a little pen here that I bought because I'm going, as another reason why I'm like super stressed, I'm going out on my first teaching practice on Monday and I have a little Gold Star stamper. I could totally just stamp all over my keyboard right now. Oh my God, there was so much crying and then there was the hand holding and then there was the breathing and sink and then there was the height difference. <laughs> Like I just get, and then there was his chin on her on her head and her hair. Like I don't even know. You, I, the fandom is really fighting over whether this is platonic or romantic, and I'm just gonna call it agape love. Like that's really what it feels like to me. And I don't even care how it works. Just don't, don't ever, you ever, ever think about separating these two. I will come after you. <laughs> I will, I will end you. I will end you. And everything that you know and love, like, <laughs> they have to be together. They, ha I don't care. They just have to be together. They're so dynamic and so magical and so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and have you noticed they wear their hair the same? <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, they're just. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah. All the words. <laughs> I think we're just emotionally drained at this point. I just, that was like the most fantastic. I mean, the show, the episode for me had issues, but that just like covered everything up. <laughs> like, by the end of it, I was just like, this is the best episode. It's so perfect. I mean, literally, I cried. I cried during this moment. And then it had such an anticlimactic ending of, oh, look, you're yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I've got a oh, jar of dirt, I've got a jar of dirt, and guess what's inside it? Please tell me you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, that reference is going to yes. totally... Okay. Yes, I, you're not just singing and me not knowing it, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 
I, th- I, th- I think I think I'm going crazy. <laughs> this is the feels. This is what the show does to you. I'm serious. I have never been like emotionally or physically out of control when I watch a show, but I lose like muscle control when I watch a show. <laughs> it's 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 the most insanely beautiful thing that there is. Definitely. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about, or have we? exhausted all our feels for episode six i just want to like give a shout out to the writers for creating yeah women who okay so in abby we have this this tough girl who has literally now just let her wall down um she is loyal and she is caring but she has been hurt and she is allowed to be all of those emotions at once we have jenny who is supposed to be the fighter but who was not just that. She is also a brain. And we have Katrina, who is the lover, but her love is a fucking weapon. Like, bless, good night, all the awards to you. You're doing ladies great. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Peace out. It was so great. It was so awesome. I, just, I, I, no, I haven't seen the promo for the next episode. Have you? Yes, and Ichabod rides angry. He angry rides. It was so great. And the wind blows through his hair. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a wig. I, I just I just want Tom's hair to be like that for real. I know. It's so weird. Like, well, when you see him as Igabod and then you see him just in his glows and you're like, that's not the same version at all. Like, for me, they, they don't even look the same. No, they don't. They don't. He hold, He even holds his face differently when he's being Ichabod, which is so strange. <laughs> acting. Poof. Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yes, it's acting. Yes. Yeah. I, I have the Patrick Stewart gif in my head. Acting. Yep. Oh, also, I don't know if people have seen the promo. I don't know. Have you seen any of the promo photos for next week? No. For episode? No, I have literally Frank? just been... Hmm? Frank? Oh, go ahead. Well, what have you been doing? I, I literally have just watched this episode. I'm, I, f- I feel like I've fallen totally off the radar in terms of the fandom. I just... Ugh. I, okay. need to, I need to spend here? more time on Tumblr. <laughs> it's okay. You can come back to us. We're always here. Okay. Welcome okay. me back with open arms. <laughs> Frank Irving. Frank. My brother. Look, Frank Oh my god. I think my dreams are going to come true that they're going to be like a superhero team. Frank is oh, holding a oh, gun. He's oh, got wait, the head. Wait, is this the one where he's like action figure holding the head jar? I think I have seen it's this photo. Girl. Yes. Girl. Oh. Yes, it is. He is going to fuck shit up. <laughs> I am here for it. I am here for it. I am here for it. Let's do it. Can I just say, he had like five seconds in episode six but they were probably <laughs> some of the best five seconds i they believe were. there is two things that people should hold on to as long <laughs> as possible their virginity and their skepticism i've lost one i'm gonna hold the other one thank you he does he is a, you know he's not actually when you look at it he's not in the episodes a lot um he doesn't have a lot of screen time but when he is there you know he is there you oh, yeah. always know he is there and you remember him. Oh, and I've thought of a new a news thing we have to discuss. The casting of his daughter. <gasps> oh, oh my god. You're, you're amazing Just girl stab me from... with the feels. <laughs> Just stab me with the feels. Amanda, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Rue! I mean, oh my god, look. Look, this show doesn't get better. Like, <laughs> like... I just want to be like, my fave is better than all of your faves combined. <laughs> it's... Okay, so Frank can't be a bad guy, right? I think we've kind of established this. No, he he has to be sleeper agent. Or if not sleeper agent, like, totally, okay, yep, I'm gonna let go of my skepticism and let's go fuck shit up. (laughs) Basically, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, His wife got cast. I cannot remember her name right now, but I used to watch her in the UPN show Girlfriends. And she was great. And really pretty. So I'm kind of here for this. No, I'm not kind of. I'm really here for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited um, to get more of his backstory, but I would quite like to get more of Katrina and Ichabod's backstory first. 
Okay, look, I am struggling right now with, look, I know the show has to do things, you know, like set up duo dynamic. I understand that. But, like, there are three characters that I need more of. Okay. That is Frank. Yes. That is Luke. Okay. And that is Katrina. Like, stop playing around. Why would you have all these awesome characters and not use them? Stop it. Come on. You have 13 episodes. 13. Use them. And you've had lots of hiatus time to think about how you're going to use these people. And, you know, I mean, like, Nicholas Gonzalez, I'm not even going to lie to you, is, like, for me, the most attractive person on the show. So... You know, if you just want to have a scene where he comes out without a shirt on, I'm cool with that too. Like, just for a little bit, and then and then he can get massive like character development. Totally fine. But the shirt thing, let's try to work that in somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm because y'all y- know how I love Tom. Yes, <laughs> but I want him to keep his shirt on. He's very skinny. He needs to be <laughs> fed. He needs to come over here, and I'm going to cook him a good meal. And he's going to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, he's a lanky. He's a, a lanky guy. He is like he's very physically Ichabod Crane. Like that's kind of what I like about him is that his character isn't Ichabod, but his physicality is Ichabod. I like that. Yeah. Well, I just I know he has it in him because I I may have gone and researched his other work after watching the pilot and he was in salmon fishing in the Yemen and he was like Uh an army dude and he Mm. was buff not like too buff because I don't like me too much muscles just nice round bit (laughs) rounding out the boniness wait a minute I cannot handle the fact that we are like legit breaking down Tom Meissen's physicality right now (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think part of his charm, I'll at least say this for me, I was not, like, floored by him. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's okay. Everyone's like, Tom, Tom! And I was like, oh, okay. And then he opened his mouth and started talking about women having larger roles and stories and being important and not being props for men. And I literally went, where'd my panties go? <laughs> like, I lost my panties. I was like, holy crap, do you hear the things that come out of his mouth? Like, they're brilliant. Like, can we just, can we just love him? Like, can we do this? Is this possible? I want to. A lot. He's he's almost as brilliant as Ichabod. Yeah. Yeah. He possesses Ichabod's charm, and yeah, very much so. If I'm... that's what he brought to Ichabod, really good casting choice. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Before we lose any more panties. Um, <laughs> perhaps it's time to maybe wrap things up. Yeah. I, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You're with friends. And people I don't know, because, you know, there will be people I don't know listening to this. Oh. All of our listeners are our friends. <laughs> They're our friends. You're our friends. I'm sure they feel the same way, though. Yeah. Okay. So, before we go, uh, just to let you know about our contact information again, if you want to join in, if you want to let us know if your panties disappeared too, that might be a little too much information, but hell, we're down for anything. Um, (laughs) so fun. I might cut that bit out. I might not. Oh, (laughs) please give it. Okay, okay. Our contact information is welcome to sleepy hollow at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at WTSH podcast, and our Tumblr is welcome to sleepy hollow.tumblr.com. And before we go, news on our giveaway. Once this, by the time you'll be listening to this, our giveaway for a signed poster of from New York Comic Con will be up on our Tumblr. And it will run for two weeks. So all the details will be on our Tumblr post and we will link to it in all the places. And yeah, that's exciting. I'm jealous of the winner already. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome poster. Yeah, the, there'll be a picture and a list of all the people who've signed them because there, 
the the four main cast: Orlando Jones, Caddy Winter, Tom Meissen, and Nicole Barry. Nicole Bahari. Yes, thank you. I was like, mind blank, mind blank. No, don't do this to me. Yeah, Nicole <laughs> Bahari and a couple of the writing team as well. The writers or producers are, yeah, other people who are awesome. Other people. Yeah. Okay, so, and yeah, go ahead and enter the giveaway, and you could win a poster. Ah! Okay, so, <laughs> I'm definitely cracking up. It's been a long week. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, okay, so, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Well, we won't see you. We will talk to you next week about episode seven. What's What's its name? Do you know the name? Was the the episode name? Yes. No. Can we just retitle it Frank fucking shit up? Okay. For episode seven, the one where Frank fucks shits up. <laughs> You're Okay. Thank you for joining me, Abby. I look forward to next week. Same. Bye. Bye. It's your destiny to get the devil out.